Hello, my friends. Welcome. My name is Joe. This is The Joe Martino Show. And today we're going to talk about men's mental health. Part two of probably a three-part series. Today's episode deals with how can men advocate for themselves? What are the responsibilities that men have to take care of their own mental and emotional health? And what are some things that they should be looking at? Let's kick it off. This is The Joe Martino Show. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. All right, welcome back. Let's kick off part two of our men's health series. If this is your first time, you're going to want to exit out of this episode probably and go back one week and listen to last week's episode where I talk about the introduction to men's health, what started this. Uh, I've been seeing a song by an artist named Dax. He sings with a guy named Darius Rucker, at least for this song, to be a man. And it talks about how hard it is to be a man. And I've been having conversation after conversation after conversation with men in a clinical setting about their struggles. And so I felt it was time to have the conversation. I've sat with men. I've walked with men who have told me this is going on and I don't know how to deal with it. And and, and then you start getting into the research. And I talked about this last week, so I'm not going to rehash it all, but suicide rates are high for men. Successful suicide rates are high. Depression rates are high. And, and there's not a lot of talk about it. And so today what I want to talk about is I want to talk about men first, right? I want to start with what is a man's responsibility in their own mental health. Next week, we're going to get probably a little bit more controversial. We're going to talk about how society talks to and about men. We're going to talk about how people parent, how people treat their husbands, and changes that I think need to be made. It's going to be a call, I, I hope, to change, perhaps to revolution. And so I want to talk to you guys today because I know that there are men out there struggling. There are guys that are afraid that their lives have been wasted, that they have spent it wrong. One of the questions that I hear time and time and time again from men is, did I do enough? Did I do enough that my family knows I love them? Did I do enough that my kids know that I love them? Did I do enough uh, that my wife knows I love her? Did I do enough for my family? And they feel caught because they don't know how to work 55 hours a week and provide the things that their family wants, the trips that they want, right? The things that they want and spend time with them and go on dates with their wife. And they just feel like they feel overwhelmed. Or I know guys that made really poor life decisions and their children are grown now and they regret the way that they lived and they don't know what to do. And so, guys, this episode is for you. If women, ladies, you're more than welcome to listen, obviously. And if there's a man in your life, maybe have a conversation with him about this. Because the first thing that we have to do, if we're going to create good mental and emotional health for men, the first thing we have to do is we have to accept that it's men's responsibility to pursue good mental and emotional health. So how do we do that? We start with brutal acceptance of what is. If you've been around for any amount of time, you know that this one comes out a lot. But guys, you've got to be able to admit when you're struggling. You've got to be able to admit what's going on in your life. And here's the thing. Almost always when I bring this up to guys, what I hear is, yeah, but Joe, my wife or the people in my life, when I do that, they kind of dismiss it. Okay, then you have to have the courage to come back and go for it again and bring it up again. You have to decide, are you willing to pursue mental and emotional health 
no matter what roadblocks come your way. Your mental health begins with you. My mental health begins with me. This is a, can be a very difficult principle to live by and agree to, but like most things in life, it doesn't really matter if we agree with it or it, the, the principle itself doesn't care if we like it or agree to it. It's truth that we have to live by, which is you have to be the biggest advocate for your own mental and emotional health. So if you're not okay, you have to be okay saying, I'm not okay. And look, guys, I know it's hard. Early summer of last year, I stopped to visit a friend of mine at a work where he was at, and he was like, hey, how's it going? And it was a pretty stressful time, and I just kind of unloaded. I was like, not good. You know, it actually, I felt immensely better. Now, if you're struggling with depression, I wasn't depressed. I would not have met the the clinical definition of depression. I wouldn't have met the clinical definition of anxiety, but I was feeling distressed. And I felt immensely better when I got it, when I, when I was done with the conversation. And the very first thing that I thought when I got into my truck after that conversation was, why in the world did I just do that? Right? Because it's easy for us to look outside of ourselves and say, well, I don't talk about my mental health because it isn't normalized to talk about my mental health because people dismiss it, people diminish it, people ignore it, people make fun of it. And a lot of those things are true. And we're going to talk about that next week and maybe over the next two weeks. But that does not change the fact that our mental and emotional health still starts with us. Our mental and emotional health still starts with us. And so like my friend that I kind of did the rah to, he didn't do it. He was just like, oh man, you know, that's rough. I'm sorry. And he just sat there and listened. And so you have to be the advocate for your own mental and emotional health. You have to start there. Now, part of advocating for yourself is you have to create a community that you can trust. And that might not currently be your spouse. I know that that's probably a harsh thing to say, but the reality is I just sit with too many men that currently, right now, in this moment, their spouse should not be part of their community that they're cultivating to be able to talk about their mental and emotional health. And so if that's the case for you, that's fine. But there has to be two or three people. That's it. One or two people. That's it. I think sometimes we have this weird uh, perception that we need to have this giant community. Almost all the research says you can't manage a big community. And the bigger your community is, the less well-managed it is and the less intimate it is. Now, I almost always get people who get upset with me when I talk about that. That's fine. But you have to have some people that you can talk to. And you might be like, well, Joe, I don't have them. Okay, then start doing the work to develop that. What are you doing to develop that, right? Where are you putting yourself out there? What kind of communities are you joining? You know, I don't talk a lot about my faith on this podcast. I've debated that. I brought up a couple of times, a couple of months ago. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with the podcast in the future. Some of my writing is going to move more to the spiritual realm. But one of the places... In fact, probably the primary place that I find community is in my spiritual habits, right? My church community. That's where my my go-to people are. And I, I have friends that are not involved in churches, and they still have guys that they can go to. And so that's what we're looking to develop. What's your community of guys that you could go to? And it's probably beneficial if they're guys. Now, look, we want to have a place where you can go to your wife. We want to have a place where you can go to your family. But you probably need some band of brothers outside of that that, that you can go to. And it, this is not, you know, 75 guys. This is not 50 guys. This is one or two guys, maybe three or four at the most, that you know if you need to call them, you can. You need to go talk to them, you can. 
But that starts with the pre-work of you putting yourself out there to, to cultivate that. This is something that you cultivate. It's a, it's a garden that we're growing. And so are you cultivating your circles? That's one of the things that you need to track down. This is part of, of creating an environment where you intentionally check in with each other, where there is just a rhythm of you hanging out. I am not advocating necessarily for this, but this is what the bar run was for guys after work in decades past. They'd go get a pint to drink and they would sit and they would check in. And there probably wasn't a lot of intentional mental and emotional check-ins going on, but that's what they were doing even if they didn't know that's what they were doing. The guy that I ended up kind of just having this this moment with, what was interesting about it was I have a rhythm of just stopping by to say hi to him. I just have a rhythm of going to his work. Uh, sometimes I bring a thermos of coffee. Sometimes we go get coffee, but just a rhythm of just stopping by and, and checking in. How's it going? And we talk about, a lot of times we talk about nothing, right? We talk about how the wife and kids, how are our sports, we share a sports team that we cheer for. How's that sports team doing? What do you think about the season? Blah, blah, blah. That, those types of things. What are you reading? But when you do that kind of interaction, then you're set up for that moment when you're like, crap, here's something I need to get off my chest. And the value of that opportunity being a regular rhythm of your life cannot be overstated. In my opinion, it cannot be overstated. The value of, of having a rhythm that creates an opportunity for you to be able to unload when you need to unload cannot be overstated because if you don't have that rhythm, you now have more steps to get to the place where you can unload if you need to unload and get something off your mind. And let's be honest, we don't need more reasons or, or more roadblocks between us and checking in with someone, right? So putting ourselves out there, intentionally checking in, there is a setup to it. There is making sure that we have some rhythms. And if you don't have them right now, you need to have them. One of the benefits of going to the gym regularly at the same time is you can develop that type of community. Aside from the, the mental and emotional benefits of regular exercise, of regular movement, there is a there is a, a benefit to sorry I got distracted there. This might even get edited out, but my wife got me a frame a photo frame for Christmas that's digital, and one of the pictures that just popped up is of her, and I, I was laughing at it, and I lost my train of thought. There is a benefit to going to the gym at the same time because you create community. Community doesn't happen by accident. That would probably be a great future episode, and until we get there, you know, so be it. But there is a benefit to creating community at the gym because community has to be created. However you do that, you have to intentionally create it, right? And, and today, the point of this episode isn't to get into the different things you can do, you know, if you're struggling with, with anxiety or depression or your mental health isn't where you want it to be. But it is about the things that I would like to see become part of the rhythm for you, right? Hey friends, do you ever wonder what's coming down the pipe? What are some episodes that are coming? Well, I want to tell you. We're going to finish out this month with this men's health series. Next week, we're going to be talking about how we raise boys and what effect that has on men's mental health. In two weeks, we're going to talk about how we talk about in two men and how that affects their mental health. In February, my daughter's going to be joining me for a podcast talking about accommodation culture. And is it actually helpful? The whole point is that sometimes you are just going to have to be uncomfortable and that will be okay. 
How do we accommodate needs and call people to better? This is going to be my daughter, Cadence, who's never been on the show before. She's very excited to join me and very passionate about this topic. So be sure to tune in and listen to that. And as always, listen, if you're enjoying this, if you're finding value in it, please consider sharing this on your social medias and with your friends. Doing so will bring value to you and to them, and it helps me be able to help more people. All right, let's get back to the show. Right, so you need to advocate for yourself. You need to create community. You need to educate and then examine yourself. And, and there's a danger when we talk about education, especially on topics like this, because one of the things that I run into a lot in my room is people educate themselves and stop there. And that isn't the point of this. The point of this, the, the value of education is it provides you something to compare yourself to. And in a society that is obsessed with eliminating the possibility of needing to compare ourselves, this is this is anathema. This is bad. But that's literally what we're talking about here. You have to consider, can you examine what's going on and compare that to something? So you need to educate yourself and then examine yourself. So for instance, maybe before today, you didn't know that you have to create community. Maybe it was one of those things that you had never thought of, right? That, that happens to people. Things get said. I was listening to a podcast this morning on my way in and I was like, oh, you know what? I hadn't thought about that. That's probably something worth considering. Maybe that's true for you and that's fine. If that is true for you, then the question becomes, then what are you going to do next, right? So you educate yourself and you examine yourself. What is good mental health? What is good, good emotional health? And one of the things that you constantly have to wrestle with here is... The three questions, and my, my daughter says they're the things that I tend to repeat on every episode that she says are just on brand. And one of those is, what are you willing to, what do you want? What are you willing to pay? What are you willing to risk? I talk to guys about this all the time when we talk about mental health. I was just talking to a guy this week who's in a situation where he has to decide what am I willing to pay and what am I willing to risk to have good mental and emotional health? He knows his mental and emotional health isn't good. Right. But that's not far enough. That's not good enough to just know that we're not doing something where that we could be to know that we're not where we could be. That's something that has to change. And so for him, one of the questions becomes, what are you willing to pay to get good mental and emotional health? What are you willing to risk to get good emotional and mental health? Let's just run this out for a minute. He and I were talking about uh, things with his wife and he said, you know, he said, I just don't understand why I don't do this thing that she's asking me to do. Well, that's really simple. You don't do it because if you do it, you're going to get criticized about it every week. Where when you don't do it, you're going to only get criticized three or four times a year because it only comes up when the two of you are angry. So the question is, if the two of you want your relationship to get better, if you want to increase your mental and emotional health, what are you willing to pay and risk to get that done? What are you willing to pay and risk to get that done? Right? In order to have good emotional and mental health, you might have to draw boundaries with people. And sometimes the boundaries that you have to draw with people, those people are not going to respond well. And so you have to decide, am I willing to pay and risk their response? Am I willing to pay what I believe will be a storm of epic proportions from them? Am I willing to risk them experiencing yelling at me? Am I willing to, you know, risk them telling lies about me? Am I willing to risk them playing the victim and telling untruths? You have to decide. And sometimes people aren't willing to do those things because they're known. 
right? And so, men, I'm telling you, this is us. This is so many men that I meet. They're afraid to do what is necessary, even though they're convinced that it is necessary, because they know that the storm that will follow is going to be harsh, and they don't want to deal with that harsh of a storm. Or because they're afraid of what people will think. I had a friend who, who got rid of some very popular apps, and people just criticized him for it. I had another friend who, who was struggling with drinking, and so he just stopped drinking, and people started to criticize him for it. Like, oh, what's the matter? You can't, you're, you can't be a man. Like, and, and so I can't tell you how many guys, they don't engage in that, right? Because they're afraid if they engage in it, people are going to mock them or make fun of them. What do you want? What are you willing to pay? What are you willing to risk? Guys, you have to make the decision that you're responsible and therefore in charge of your own mental and emotional health. You have to make the decision that you're willing to do what is necessary for good emotional and mental health. If drinking is, is bringing it down, stop. The Wall Street Journal just this week had an article uh, on research about cannabis use and what that's doing to people's mental and emotional health. And there are guys that I know that have said to me, you know what, I'm afraid that my use of cannabis, my smoking of weed has caused me to, to slide further down in, in poor mental and emotional health. Okay, well then, then stop. Yeah, but if I do that, dude, my friends are just going to mock me. And, and here's the thing. What that shows is their unintentional building of community. If the people, and this is why we educate ourselves and examine ourselves, because here's the question. Ask yourself this question. Here's what I want you to do, guys. I want you to ask yourself this question. If you stopped doing something, what would your community say to you? Would they support you? If you said, I'm done drinking because of my mental and emotional health, I'm giving up Snapchat so that I can better my emotional and mental health. I'm giving up Facebook, social media, whatever. I'm I'm done drinking. Uh, I'm going to the gym. I'm not eating, whatever, whatever it is. What would the people in your community say? And if it wouldn't be support, then maybe it's time to rethink the community that you let into your inner circle. Maybe it's time to rethink the community that you have created because you will create a community. That's why I say you have to intentionally create it. You educate yourself so you can examine yourself, but examining yourself isn't just examining you. It's examining the systems that you inhabit. It's examining the steps that you take every day, the behaviors that you engage in. I had a client who would take uh, gummies every night to go to sleep. And he said, I noticed I started to get grumpier the longer I was on them. So if I was on them for three or four weeks, when I got around to four weeks, I started to get grumpy. Well, what did you do? Well, I stopped, but I'm still buying them. Wait, what? Yeah, I stopped taking them. I take them occasionally. He originally was told to use gummies for pain. Whatever you feel about it, you know, this isn't necessarily the scope of the episode here. But he was originally told to take them for pain. And he, so he did, and it worked, and then he would sleep, and then he was getting grumpy. But he didn't want to stop buying them because he didn't want the guys in his inner circle, his community, to make fun of him. So he was willing to pay, I have no idea what gummies cost, but he was willing to pay whatever that cash price was so that his friends wouldn't make fun of him. But he wasn't willing to pay or risk his friends making fun of him in order to have good mental and emotional health. So if we're going to have good mental and emotional health, we have to examine ourselves. We have to examine our community. We have to examine our behaviors. And here's kind of the last thing, the last aspect of that for this episode Guys, what are you doing with your life, right? And I'm not necessarily talking about your your career, although that's part of it. But what are the things that you're engaging in that are meaningful? What are the things that you're engaging in that are hard? What are the things that you are purposely doing with your free time? Because they affect your mental and emotional health. If you're sitting around and the only thing you do is go to work 
and then sit around and anesthetize yourself with some substance or video game, of course your mental and emotional health is going to suffer. I want to try to couch this next part appropriately in case you're listening in the car with kids. But if you're looking at pictures of adults or videos of adults, and that is a majority of your time, you're not going to have good mental and emotional health. The correlation between regular use of that genre, I use that term very, very, very loosely, and negative mental and emotional health is overwhelming in data. It can't be denied. Looking at things that objectify humans creates bad mental and emotional health. So the question becomes, the question that I want you to walk away from this episode with is, what are you doing with your life? And here's the thing. Sometimes when I ask guys that question, they live out of this victim mindset of, I'm not doing anything with my life because my life's so hard because my mom did this and my dad did that. And my boss is such a jerk. And I had this professor in college who was so mean. And this one coach didn't blame me. And he just didn't realize that I was going to be the next all-star and then blah, blah, blah. It's silly. It's just silly. Okay, all those terrible things happened to you. That's awful. If it really was awful. If the whole coach thing, I don't typically go, oh, that's too bad. But like there are people that I sit with and like really bad things have happened to them. And I always ask them the next question. Okay, so what are you going to do about it? So what are you going to do about it? And guys, that is the question for us when it comes to our mental and emotional health. What are you going to do about it? Something happened to you that you had no control over. Great. What are you going to do about it? Something happened that you had control over, but it brought way more trouble and pain into your life than you ever planned on. Okay, what are you going to do about it? What are you doing with your life? What are you doing with today? What are you doing with the opportunity that you have to continue living? Are you engaging in things that you find meaningful? Well, but my wife won't let me go hunting. Well, then go to counseling with her. Find a conversation. Well, but my wife, okay, then have a conversation with her. My mom, okay, have a conversation with her. My dad, okay, have a conversation with them. Draw boundaries. What are you doing that's going on in your life? I was talking to a young 20s and um, offered him a job. And uh, he was like, I don't know if I'll have time. And his girlfriend was there and she was like, I I think that he'll have time because... Uh, he plays five hours of video games a week. And here's the thing. I got nothing against video games. I'm on the record for that. I play video games, not to brag or anything, but I do have the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, about to win their second World Series in MLB The Show, which is quite an accomplishment if you understand baseball and the Pittsburgh Pirates. A little bit of humor there, a lot of truth about how terrible the Pirates typically are. I'm not against video games. Five hours a week, if you have that time, okay, but what are you doing with your life that you find meaningful? If you're just constantly seeking pleasure or anesthesia for the pain or for the discomfort or for the dislike, or if you're just constantly seeking yourself, I have a mentor who used to say, if your life's going to have meaning, it has to be about more than you. In fact, I talk about this uh, when I talk about the five rules of life that I make my kids learn. It used to only be four, and then I added that fifth one. If your life's going to have meaning, it has to be about more than you. But if your life is going to have good mental and emotional health, Your actions and activities have to be about more than you. What are you engaging in? What are you risking at? And I get it. A lot of our mental and emotional health is because we worry about failure. We worry about letting people down. But part of the way that we treat that is we engage in failure. We engage in distress. We engage in things that could go wrong. There's a, a guy, I listened to a leadership talk that he gave about how he went on a mission to uh, inoculate himself against failing, against being rejected. And so he did like crazy stuff. Like he dressed up in soccer gear and knocked on a door and said, hey, will you let me practice soccer in your backyard? 
And he said, the weird thing was, the more comfortable I got with it, the less I actually was rejected, which is a really interesting, a really interesting reality. The more comfortable you get with it, maybe the less you get because your approach to it changes, right? And that's the thing. One of my favorite quotes is the M. Scott Peck quote about how life is hard and we have to accept that because if we accept it, it doesn't, it isn't that life gets easier. It's that we can transcend the hardness. And this is something we have to embrace for our lives, guys. All right, next week, ladies, I'm coming to talk to you about men's mental health. I'm coming to talk to you about the behaviors that you engage in that are hurting the men that you love, their mental health and their emotional health. If you have questions, I'd love to hear them. Write me at joe at joemartino.com. Put podcast in the subject line if you would. I get a lot of emails every day. And to be honest with you, I miss them. I just found one today that a friend of mine sent me about a book and I missed it. He sent me a text. Hey, did you pick up that book? I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So please put podcast in the subject line. That'll move it to a to a folder that I will see. Uh, I'm working on uh, setting up an email just for the podcast. And we'll see how that goes. If you have questions, send them to me. If you find value in this, share it, please. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. And hey, give us that rating in your podcast store. Until next time, change possible.